This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. The census is the official count of how many people and dwellings we have across Aotearoa. In this next program, we hear a talk recorded at the Canterbury Workers' Educational Association that featured Paula O'Neill. She's the National Operations Manager for the 2023 census, and she talks about how they plan for a census, what goes on behind the scenes, and how that data is used. Kia ora uh, So I'm Paula O'Neill and uh, I'm the National Operations Manager for the 2023 Census um, and uh, part of my role uh, working for Statistics New Zealand is to make sure that we are able to operationalise the way in which we go out into the communities and we collect all the information that we need to. Uh, so. Um, when we think about the census, it is uh, one of the only um, ways in which we can do a full count right across Aotearoa. So we have um, every five years uh, we come around as a cyclic programme and what we do is uh, we are out collecting all of that really rich information that helps drive things like uh, if you're thinking um, in a government setting uh, and you're looking at the political kind of structure of uh, decision-making around houses, uh, GPs, uh, medical professions, uh, hospitals, decimal schools. Uh, we also work in the space of um, uh, what that looks like for different areas and regions around mental health facilities, uh, other sort of uh, facilities that provide people across New Zealand um, the ability to be able to utilise them from a government sort of drive. Uh, so a lot of our information um, that we're gathering is either you can submit your information online or you can submit your, own, your information on a form. Um, we've got other ways in which we apply different uh, support mechanisms. So we've got a stream that we call ASSIST and what that means is that you've got a person who's coming out, a lot of you will remember, someone will come and knock on your door, they'll say, I'm from the census, I have a pack here for you in a dwelling form, um, do you need some help with that? Or do you want me just to leave this and I can come back? So we've still kind of got the fundamental piece of the model uh, that we use. Uh, we understand that the way in which you can get information, help people, um, be able to fill the form out because uh, 56 questions, a lot of questions and you have a dwelling form as well. But the way in which we can support that is by having someone who's with you to work through that with you. Um, some of the things that we have experienced in the past, so as I mentioned, uh, census comes around every five years. Uh, internationally, uh, we were aligned for a long period of time with the five-year cycle. Uh, what happened for us was uh, we experienced the... Um, Christchurch earthquake, uh, the flooding um, that happened and it kind of put our cycle out of whack in comparison to other international cycles that are running. Uh, we experienced in 2018 there were some things that we potentially didn't do 
uh, as well as we could have. So uh, in 2018, it was very much about the focus of um, online, having people fill the form in online, uh, being able to uh, move to that sort of strategy was a big drive because we believed at the time that most people throughout New Zealand would find that a lot easier to be able to do as opposed to filling a form out. Uh, however, what we probably didn't uh, anticipate was the fact that actually uh, there was a large amount of people who didn't have access to internet, uh, didn't have access to any means to be able to get onto the internet. And then when we were trying to get the forms out to them, uh, we didn't have uh, enough supports behind that from a field force of collectors who are out and about and also too from a point of having enough paper for New Zealand to be able to fill the form in. Uh, from that, uh, 2018, a lot of people uh, explain that as a census that uh, was a, a failure, is what they call it, they make reference to it, which is really hard to hear because there were some things that happened there throughout that process that did work but they were really overshadowed by the things that actually didn't. So for us, uh, if we think about how we operate as a programme from end to end, uh, there's a whole raft of things that have to happen in a line in that space. So we have to have, uh, we build a team up from nothing. So we basically uh, have a design that's created around how we can ensure that we enable all of New Zealanders, that we support them to be able to fill the form out and that we're able to or give them the option of going online and then we're able to collect that and then there's a whole processing piece that happens. So all of that information then gets extracted out and then that information is then used and we make reference to it as outputs. So that's where all of the information that's filled in um, gets sort of put through a process and then um, made into something that's uh, useful for you know, DHBs or, um, and it all goes through a government uh, sort of stream, I guess you'd say. So there's quite a process from start to finish for us. Um, at the moment, uh, we are doing a dress rehearsal. So when we make reference to a dress rehearsal, it's when we have a field force, a team that's out and about in the community, and they are trialling and testing to see how well we can actually do. Because the design and theory is one thing, having to operate it and then be able to get the information you need at the end of it is really critical. So uh, it's a whole kind of process. Uh, we currently have teams at the moment that are in Eastern Bay of Plenty, uh, Auckland, so we're in uh, Glendowie and Eden Terrace, and we also have Tauranga. So we're out and about at the moment, and uh, an additional complexity that sits with that is that we don't recruit our own people. Uh, so we have a recruitment agency, and they recruit our people for us. Uh, we used to be very similar to the electoral committee, so we used to have our own mechanism to be able to recruit. Uh, what we decided to do in 2018 was shift to a model where we used a recruitment agency. So we use Persico, Kelly and Mana, and they are a joint agency that's come together. Uh, I think uh, Persico, Kelly used to be referred to as Kelly Recruitment years ago. And so they've merged... Um, and we have them as our contracted provider for our, our recruitment piece. So they're out and about um, trying to recruit all our people. We have a field force for 2023 that will consist of uh, approximately 5,000. So what we've got is uh, 
field force of 5,000 and they are recruiting throughout the whole country for that. So we start our recruitment well in advance because our people need to be trained to be able to understand the design, how it's supposed to work and all of the critical points that sit within how we work through that process. Yeah. So does that mean you, you've got, five, they have 5,000 people recruiting people that you need? No, no, no. Our, our, our field, our operational team is made up of 5,000 New Zealanders. Oh. Yeah, so... Uh, from all around the country. All around the country, from the whole country. So if I think about um, my role, uh, so uh, I'm the National Ops Manager and then I have underneath me eight regional managers and so they are spread throughout the country. I have uh, one in the South Island that picks up the whole of the South Island and then the seven others are all in the North Island. Uh, underneath them, they have 33 area managers, which are spread out throughout the country. And then under that, we have approximately about 320 team leaders, uh, and then about, uh, oh, I think it's about 160 senior collectors, and then underneath that, it's about 3,700 um, collectors on the ground. So they're the, the people that are out. Um, yeah, they're the ones that are out doing uh, the support mechanism. Uh, with the design, it's actually, it, it can get a little bit confusing because we have different streams. So what we've broken it down into is, is an assist stream, which is where someone's coming to help you. Uh, then we have a, a deliver with contact. So that's someone knocking on your door saying, uh, here's your forms and your dwelling form. Um, if you can post these back, that'd be great. Then we have a deliver, which is just to your mailbox. So they're just servicing uh, the um, forms and the dwelling form to the mailbox. And then we have another piece where it is just, uh, here's an online code and you're able to use the internet. So we've got quite a few different sort of uh, approaches that we can use throughout the country. Some places respond better to different treatments. How do you know who will be good for doing online and who won't? Well, this is why we ask the people that we're... Uh, so what happens is, um, in, as part of the design and the years prior, uh, they have had a look at uh, what areas are more compliant or what areas are more likely to not want you coming to their home. They just, they just want the form. They just want... They'll do it all online. They've been doing it for years. So... We do quite a bit of the gathering of data over the time to see who we need to really focus on. So what we do know is that most of the South Island tends to be very compliant with the way in which they fill their form in or if they go online to do that. There are pockets that aren't um, great uh, and that's more around the geographical kind of location. So we get the Marlborough Sounds, um, we get places around by Bluff, uh, we do remote islands, so we're doing Stewart Island. Um, so you've got uh, quite a large sort of catchment there. Whereas in the North Island, uh, we predominantly know we don't get a very good response from places like Northland. Uh, we don't get a good response from places uh, in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, uh, sort of central North Island. Uh, Auckland um, tends to be not one that's that. Uh, and that's pockets. So there's pockets of all of that. So what we did learn uh, very much from 2018 is that you uh, need to understand your community you need to understand the demographics that live in that community, and then you also need to understand how you go about engaging them. Uh, 
So we actually start well in advance. When in 2023 is the census? So the census is always on the 7th or 8th of March, so it always falls in March, uh, but we start where we uh, put the collectors into the field on the 14th of February. Prior to that, we start our recruitment for team leaders in September this year, so we'll start in September. We recruit uh, all across the country to bring those team leaders in. And then what happens from that point is they're trained. So uh, we get them on probably around about the 1st of November is when we actually have them physically all appointed in their roles. We, we have the, so the recruitment agency, that's their oh, campaign. So they're out um, trying to source as many people as possible. We go online, we do pamphlets, we do uh, you know, things like social media, we utilise that. Um, we also do uh, campaigns where we're like, do you know someone who's interested? You know, um, in Tauranga, for the dress rehearsal that we've just had, uh, we really struggled to be able to get all the people in those roles. Uh, and that was mainly because uh, the makeup of Tauranga is uh, very different to other areas. Um, you have, uh, what did we, we ended up getting 21 um, FTE, so we talk about FTE and headcount, so you might have part-time, full-time sitting in there, because there are some people that have preference to work Saturday, Sunday only, or uh, they only want to do a Monday or a Friday, so we try and kind of cater for that stuff. Um, and so what happens from that sort of point is that we get our team leaders trained up, um, so, and that all happens because we have trainers that are allocated to them uh, to be able to take groups, uh, through what that training is um, and then when we come through to January we start uh, recruiting uh, our senior collectors and then we start the drive on the collectors throughout the country. And what's the duration of their employment? Um, so with the team leaders uh, they have approximately, it works out to be about six months, just under six month uh, contract uh, and then you have the senior collectors and the collectors, uh, they have a bit, the, the window gets shorter as we're going through. So we tend to finish, because we have so many sort of stages that we go through, we start on the 14th of February and that is where we do an encourage. So we have seven days where we are out there encouraging everyone, trying to get everyone aware of census. Uh, if we can enable them with paper, we do all of that stuff and so we're really driving everyone. And then from that point, uh, we flip and we go into that whole kind of uh, making sure we're enable, we enable as many people as we possibly can with paper or with the means to be able to fill it in. And then at that time as we're going through, we're checking to see if people want us to come to group sessions, like there might be a big, uh, there might be a church group, there might be a... Um, uh, because of course we do all of the retirement homes, the, uh, we do all the MPDs and we call uh, non-private dwellings MPDs. So we talk about retirement homes, secure accommodation, prisons, hospitals, the airport. Um, we've got to cast the net really wide to be able to make sure we get everyone. Um, and of course the driver around that is that so on um, census, on the actual day of census, that you're, you're filling the forms out and you're you know, being prepared for us to be able to come background. And then what we do is that we identify who we haven't had a response from and then we have this thing called the persistence model. 
And uh, the persistence model, as you would, would be aware, is us basically just coming back, constantly coming back, saying, hey, left your form, do you need a hand? Is there something we can do to encourage you to fill it out? Um, and of course, you know, census for the real thing, um, you know, there's a legal requirement that we have to, as New Zealanders, that's part of our commitment is that we fill in our census. So if you had a dementia unit, uh, you would have a area manager and a team leader in that area and they would know that that's there and they would be saying, how, how are we going to do this that's going to best suit what you need from us? So would that mean that we bring people in or do you want us to leave you the forms or what's going to work? Because obviously there's complexities that sit there. I mean, we have experience with COVID um, in the rest homes. That was a, a prime example of what we have to be really careful with because, you know, these are vulnerable uh, people who are, um, and we don't want to, we didn't want to introduce anything into that environment. So we were trying to work out how do we do that differently and how can we support uh, what you need from us. So there's, a, there's quite a big drive around um, that whole, you know, uh, when I remember census as a child and it was a really big thing for us as a family, like we all come around the table, we were all present, we all filled it out. And as time's kind of progressed, that stuff's been lost somewhat. So it's not the, you know, it's not the big event that we used to have it as, as kids. And so what we have to now understand is how, how do we do that differently um, and keep up with the way in which our world has evolved, uh, especially uh, at the moment there's a heavy distrust in government, uh, there is a, a real divide in our country around um, you know, the, the, what's sort of unfolded with COVID, vaccination, all of that kind of requirement. So, so we want people who are influential or trusted or, you know, we want people to be able to say, uh, oh, you know, I know Mary from down the road and, and I, you know, I know that she's sort of going to talk to me about this and if I've got any questions or I'm a bit worried about this, she'll... Yes, it is, yes. So we, we sign, when we start to work for Statistics New Zealand, we sign a statutory declaration, which means we're bound by that for the rest of our lives, regardless of if we stay with stats or not. Um, and that requirement is in place under our Act, and the reason for that is because it's sensitive information. We are subject to... Um, it's a responsibility that we all take quite seriously. So... As you can imagine, when we're trying to work with a field force that's as big as what we've got, we need to make sure that they understand, you know, how, how that responsibility, what that looks like for them as they're going um, across the country, wherever that might be. We do have another aspect that sits alongside the way we work in the community, and that is our community engagement teams. So they are already out and about. They've been out and about for... Uh, well over two years now, and they work in the communities uh, in different areas. Um, they have senior advisors and they have advisors that work along other agencies to see, you know, what, what's actually going to work well, because for us to successfully gather all that information is one part, and to be able to have an output to provide uh, all of those sort of areas to our government to make sure that they know um, you know, whether it's in, um, 
you know, uh, Palmerston North, that actually you need more hospitals here or you need more GPs because actually what we're getting from the data shows that actually that area is really suffering. Like they haven't been able to visit a GP or they haven't been able to go to a dentist because there's not one round. So there's things that link in very heavily in that space. There's also elements of uh, our schooling, understanding, you know, where those schools fit. Uh, do we have enough? Um, our whole kind of uh, wraparounds, our mental health, our um, aged care, our like there's a raft of things that this all plays into to be able to paint that really rich picture for our government to go, okay, we need to put more money here or we need to put money here. Um, one of the areas that we have seen growth in is the homeless and transient populations. So what we do know is that that's increased over time, what's behind that, we're not sure, but we do know that we have to engage early with places like um, the Salvation Army Support Accommodation, the City Mission. Um, we also have to look at NGOs that are also out in those communities because they're working with these people and the way in which we can work alongside them uh, will be the way that we can get the information that we need. So we've, we're at the moment we're up in um, Glendowie and Eden Terrace and there is a large Chinese population that lives uh, within those areas. And so what we've had to do is that's part of our requirement to look at the demographics of those areas and know actually we need Chinese-speaking people. We need people who are influential in that community or uh, we need more Pacifica, like Favona in South Auckland, large population of Pacifica that live there. So we need more people who are you know, able to speak um, different languages and engage in different ways. Uh, we do know, if we think about the South Island and we think about places like um, Invercargill, for one, you know, we know that actually um, there is a requirement that we need to understand what that community needs and what they're going to respond to. So if we're getting people from the community in those roles, then it's a higher chance of us getting that, yeah. We have... Um, we have two types of forms that we have in New Zealand um, and we have the English form and then we have the um, bilingual form which is done in Māori. We also have uh, help desk uh, people who are, speak uh, Chinese, uh, Japanese, um, Pacifica, Māori um, and there's, a, there's probably about four other languages that we've managed to capture there. Uh, we also have, because we're a diverse country, we've got sign language, we've got uh, specialists who look at um, you know, how we kind of work differently, like uh, even with the print of our form and uh, is it the right sort of sizing uh, for people who potentially uh, we, need to, we need to make sure that we understand that from their point of view to make sure we're catering for it. Um, so we also have sign language, which is another option that we uh, have our uh, within the breadth of the operational piece. There's the ability to ask for what you want to. So you can actually ring up uh, if we come to your home and deliver the forms. You can actually ring up the number and say, actually, I would really like someone who can speak this language or um, I want it like this. So we have the means to do that and we call that field assisted response. So that's us going out and making sure we're doing what we need to with it. So uh, there's been quite a bit of thought put into that.
kind of uh, the diverse nature of New Zealand as a whole and what we've seen with its population and its growth and the shifts. So we have tried to incorporate that in our, uh, our approach, our design, um, so that we can get the best outcome. Uh, we do a lot of connection with our international um, census. So we've had uh, the ONS, which is in the UK, they've just been through their census. Uh, Australia has just done theirs, the ABS. Uh, the um, Americans, they've also completed their census. So they're kind of ahead of us a little bit. And so we've been able to learn what we can from them operating in those environments to see how we could do things better here. Uh, COVID was very much a big impact for us because we, as I mentioned, we're in a dress rehearsal stage at the moment and we've had to pivot completely in how we operate. So instead of going into people's homes and working with them, we've actually had to just go to their letterboxes because people don't want you on their doorstep. Like their priority is to keep themselves well and safe and they're isolating or they just don't want someone knocking on their door at the moment. Uh, so we've had to make sure that we can uh, apply a different treatment in this space and it's called a, a non-contact piece where we just drop the forms to you. Um, we've got numbers that you can call if you need help uh, and that's part of our testing to understand it more. What we had in 2018, um, and when we talk about uh, the outputs piece, which is the uptake and the engagement, um, we sat at about, would have been about 78%. Um, well, that was made up with uh, admin data. So we make reference to admin data. So you've got a whole lot of agencies that are already working in the community, so places like... Um, prisons and who already gather data. What we do know is that as a whole our response rate in 2018 wasn't wasn't great. Um, so we do know that we our outputs didn't uh, we weren't timely so we we gathered all this information of what we could it got processed uh, went through to collate the information and join it with the admin data we had gathered from other areas but then when we produced it uh, it wasn't as um, statistically uh, the integrity of the statistical aspect wasn't quite as it's not the same as if you're getting it from a person as opposed from a third party who's bringing that information in. Uh, well, what we did see is in the past, um, so if we think about 2007, um, 2011, they were really, they were, we had a different way in which we approached it too. So we were um, very much about, we recruited our own people, uh, we had paper, it was very much about a, let me help you, you know, we'll knock on your door, um, are you going to be home today or can we come back, is there another time? So what we do know is without having to glean statistical um, sort of assessment over things, we know that people respond better if you're actually with them there to support them. And our forms capture 56 questions on an individual form and then they capture... It's approximately, I think it's about 32 for a dwelling form. So you might have a dwelling form, but there might be seven other people that live in your home with you. So you have one dwelling form, and then you've got seven other individual forms, depending on the age. 
Now, that's a big ask. That's a big ask. So we, we, we do know that. We know that other countries don't ask that many. Um, so they've got different approaches that they do. Uh, we also understand that um, as a country, we, uh, that is something that we need to, to improve because it is, a lot of the questions are all designed to be extracting certain information, certain data to drive different parts of the country. So if you're thinking from a political view, your, um, you know, your vehicle, your petrol, your groceries, your wage, all of those things are things that help define, have we quite got this right as a country? Um, you know, are people spending more money on their groceries? Does that mean that actually the inflation and what we're experiencing at the moment is increasing and we're seeing that? And do our wages equate to that? Or it's all of that kind of stuff that gets um, produced to support. So it's all that um, the data is uh, gleaned so that that can be. So it's not recognisable data. So it doesn't sort of go... Uh, to Joe Brown and say, Joe Brown has said this. All of that stuff gets sort of um, gleaned out as you're doing the processing piece for it. And so some people are, 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 are wary too. You know, they, some people don't want to share their information. So That brought me to another quick question I was going to ask. Yeah. Who decides the question? How do you work out what questions you mm. Yeah, we have a, a very dedicated uh, statistical methods uh, space in St Stats New Zealand and so that is a, a large group of um, I like to say the real brains <laughs> behind what are those questions driving at how are you going to get the best response so it's put through a raft of vigorous testing internally and externally so we also for certain questions we will seek special, like special matter experts in that and say you know is this a good way of asking this question or um, are we going to get the outcome we need from that or do we have to look at shifting that uh, there's a large piece of uh, across New Zealand um, and there's a lot of research that sits in behind the literacy and numeracy of New Zealanders and we need to ensure that our form is at a level that all New Zealanders would be able to participate in it and if they can't then they can with the assisted kind of support with that. So it is definitely something that we are continually looking at and reviewing and if we look internationally, uh, there are other countries that just do, that, that do compress, it's a lot smaller. Uh, not so many questions. Um, we have the ability to be able to um, ask. So if you were a collector and you were out and you were allocated the kind of transients, um, like homeless, and you were out there engaging with someone, you may not be able to get all that information because it's not going to be relevant for them. Uh, but what information can you get so that they can be counted? So it might be, you know, um, what's their full name? What's their date of birth? Um, you know, are they, do they identify ethnicity-wise with what? Um, and also, too, we like to kind of be able to get those questions that are going to be able to support that bigger picture of New Zealand. So uh, it's definitely evolving and I do think that we are on a journey uh, with census. What 2028 will bring, we're not sure. We don't know what that will look like. Um, we did the digital first approach for 2018. 
We've now reverted back to uh, contact, like the whole design is based on a contact piece and an engagement piece. Uh, 2028 might bring something very different for us. So. But you did say that you're asking a lot of questions, so who does the whittling down of the questions? Oh, well, that is a, there is a, um, a large process that goes into that. Of, usually what will happen is if you've got a question that you're wanting to, um, you know, you've, you've had a whole lot of kind of statistical analysis go over the question to say that this is a really good question and you should have this in there. It's a case of, well, if we bring that in there, what are we going to take out? Because you can't just keep adding to it. Uh, takes about approximately between, um, it was about 25, 25 to 45 minutes to fill in uh, the dwelling form, um, the individual form, and go through it all to record the information. So that's it's quite a big ask. Uh, of course, the online form, is a lot quicker because it's prompted by, um, you know, you're, you're able to kind of have an answer in one and it can filter. So those type of things are, are you know, definitely areas that we focus on. Uh, how do you break down the barriers to encourage people to engage? Um, like I mentioned, it's we're in a bit of a different world now. Uh, we have a very uh, distinct divide that's happening between the country uh, with um, just the view on the political government of the day. Um, we had some pretty specific feedback uh, where we went to uh, Eastern Bay of Plenty, so we were up in Whakatane and Kawara. Um, heavy distrust in government, um, heavy resistance to vaccinations. Um, People, I guess it's you know the world's gotten faster. We've gotten, we've gotten to a you know we've got sort of if you look from a society kind of point of view at this stage, you've got you know younger generations who aren't used to you know doing a, a form like that. It's a bit of a drag. Some of the things we hear. What are you going to do with it? They are questions we get. So what happens is that team's large, and they've got to they've got a responsibility to make sure. Firstly, we have this. Um, this uh, huge kind of, it's called a, uh, we, we make reference to it as an ICS and what it is is this massive system and all of the forms that come through that people fill out manually have to go through this big machine and what it does is it extracts the information as it's going through um, and then you've got your online piece and so it's got to extract the information from the online piece and then the output and process piece is it outputs that information and then you have a large team that has to kind of work out how, that's, how, how that gets kind of put into the areas it needs to. So it's quite complex that side of it and a lot of people probably don't, um, don't have a lot to do with seeing that side because, you know, out and about in the community and, you know, talking to people and getting that information, that's the kind of exciting stuff that people love to do and they want to be part of. But actually, probably one of the most critical pieces is the processing and the way in which they extract that information. So we have a whole lot of different kind of categories that sit in there too. So we have communities, regions, districts. Uh, then we have um, NPDs, which is our non-profit dwellings, which link into um, your... 
uh, prisons, your um, retirement villages, your marinas, your camping grounds, your, all of those things, they break it all down so you're able to actually see at a level, um, you know, uh, all of the prisons, 18 prisons across New Zealand and out of those 18 prisons uh, we've had this much information come back to us around incarceration rates. They fill out the form uh, while they're in there too or there are we're exploring at this point in time whether or not there's a means for them to be able to do that online. Um, with marinas, we've got to go out, we've got to check all those marinas. Uh, we've got a camping grounds, you've got to go check all of that. Uh, what we are seeing at the moment, obviously with the country being um, closed down, uh, we don't have the same, um, you know, we don't have the same people sort of uh, in the camping grounds, um, travelling around the country. Yeah, if you're here, yep. So we have someone based out the airports too. So when you're coming in, if you come in on census day, um, they basically try and capture you while you're coming in. So it's quite fascinating. It's a point in time. And so what we do is the point in time captures everyone in New Zealand at that stage. Uh, and there are some people who will fill it out prior because they just want to get it done. Um, and that's fine. Uh, that's, you know, that's sort of, that's something that we found is worth encouraging. Uh, because... It would be a Monday to Friday, it wouldn't be weekends. No, no, we do weekends. Weekends is a big, that's a key area for us. Yeah, that's when we get you home. <laughs> so <laughs> we know you're home. Um, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, they're massive for us. So we have on a weekend, um, our field force is out across a weekend. Now we have work windows that we do. So, um, for example, the dress rehearsal this time round, we do uh, seven days a week. So we've been operating for the last eight weeks, um, seven days a week. Uh, we start, um, the first uh, team leader starts uh, in the field at about 11.30 and then all of the senior collectors and the collectors turn up at 12 and then they are out in the field till approximately 7.30 at night. And so we've done that so that we could make sure we get people who are at home, uh, we get people who finish work um, and then on the weekends we get everyone because um, at some point in time you might be home and we'll, we'll sort of, you know, come and see you for that. So all these people are paid, are they? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, so no, we pay them. Can you give me a rough idea of the total cost for the whole thing? Ooh, ooh. Uh, we are sitting at approximately $250 million at the moment. Oh. Yeah. So what we're seeing at the moment is probably an implication of not having the information we should have for 2018. So that's what we're seeing. Um, if you talk to people uh, who work in the industry of um, transient homeless, uh, they have said and given a heads up prior, New Zealand will be shocked at the numbers of homeless and transient that we have at the moment because you didn't capture it in 2018. So what will happen now is we will make sure we capture it, uh, but then you will see some distinct shifts in the data that's coming through for that. Um, if you think about, so uh, approximately from the 14th of February when we actually have people out in the field and they start hitting all over the country, you will have um, a regional manager who has a strategic kind of overview of their region. You'll have an area manager who's keeping an eye on their particular area. You have a team leader who's focused on their uh, specific kind of area, senior collector and then a collector, 
and it works out to be from the 14th of February per day is about half a million dollars per day and we're in the field for uh, approximately eight weeks, eight weeks we go out. So we definitely acknowledge the things, there were some things that worked really well in 2018 but like I said it was overshadowed by the fact that actually some things didn't work so well. Um, we had, you know, we lost our um, chief executive, uh, we lost, um, there was a large amount of people who, who ended up having to just say, you know, I'm sorry New Zealand, oh, you know, I haven't fulfilled what I needed to. So it was quite devastating for a program uh, for us to go through that and know that we hadn't um, achieved what we needed to. Were you involved then? No. No, no, I wasn't. Uh, so I have done uh, prior, I've been with uh, Statistics New Zealand now for a year and two months. And prior to that, I've done 15, 15 and a bit years uh, with the Department of Corrections. So I worked as a uh, Deputy Prison Director for um, three, three prisons across the country. And um, also too was on deployment internationally for the Pacifica program so worked over in the Cook Islands to support them with their separation of their justice and their um, ministry so I uh, did a lot of that but started my career actually as a um, probation officer so, um, so have you done a law degree? No I've done uh, my MBA so I've got a postgrad in strategic leadership and um, I've been a public servant for uh, probably approximately 20 years now, so um, I love I love being a public servant. Mm. It's I actually I feel like it's a piece that you can kind of give back to a community. Um, so it's probably something that is um, I'll continue with. And so I came across um, I was asked about this particular role, um, and um, then started the journey to to learn all about, you know, Statistics New Zealand and kind of what, uh, I do know that I was quite surprised at the amount of, um, or the importance of it. The, you know, you understand it when you know about census, you know how important it is, but you really understand how important it is and what it drives when you start breaking down from a political drive, what all of those things are. The big things, you know, um, some of those, Discussions that we have, um, you know, I'm a um, listen to talkback radio quite a bit, and you hear a lot of the discussions in relation to um, people asking, you know, why why are our you know DHBs why are they so underfunded? Why do we not have all of this? And it's funny coming from the space that I sit in, I go, I know why, you know, I know why that is, um, and so my team is. Um, uh, I'm really, I feel uh, very blessed and lucky to have the team I have because I've got an incredible amount of people that genuinely connect with why we're here, um, which I think you kind of have to because it's, it's not for everyone. And um, a lot of people, we go under the radar quite a bit. A lot of people don't really know Statistics New Zealand, what you do. Um, we've got a, uh, we do regular surveys in the community. So we census is a, a, a cyclic program, but stats and Z's in the community all the time. They have survey interviewers doing the um, poverty surveys. They have um, a raft of other different surveys that they go around and gather that information. So 
Um, yeah, there's many different aspects to stats. It's quite diverse in the groupings of what gets collected. So you have population, geographical insights, um, you have um, like uh, specific areas that are really dedicated to certain parts like COVID response for New Zealand, like things like that that you don't kind of uh, think about really unless you know. So it's been really beneficial for me. So going back to some census questions. Yes. Um, I, I was born in South Africa and my recollection is that censuses were carried out every 10 years. So oh, yes. when did New Zealand go to five years uh, so I think that's a real tough one actually. Um, they, we have tried to stay aligned with international. International has kind of driven our alignment with the cycle so that we're all aligned. And I believe that that might have been, may have been potentially, just trying to think if it was potentially around about the 80s that they shifted that. Might have been some time ago though. Yeah, they've, they've shifted it. So they, they do have movements around, you know, there's drivers. If your population's growing, if you talk to people overseas and, you know, they want to come to New Zealand because, you know, it's got this image that people are really drawn to and, you know, it may not be something that's in their own country, but it's here. So what we do know is that we need to make sure that we keep account of that and we understand who's here. So as we grow, we talk about... Um, five million, like a team of five million. I know, um, you know, our, our prime minister will often say that. Um, it's probably actually a little bit more than that now. Um, so, you know, we continually grow. And do we have enough houses? Do we have enough facilities, infrastructure, um, schools, transport, everything? You know, do we have enough to cater? What we do find is that we need to have a really solid operational frame. So we talk about like our address framework. So that's around. For example, uh, when we went into Favona in South Auckland, uh, we had an idea that there was um, going to be two houses on a, on a property. And when we got there, that had been bold and there was apartments on it. So it's critical for us to have a really solid operational uh, frame to which we are able to, you know, we, we've had so much change. Even if you think about Christchurch, you look at how many places have now been bold and there's a whole raft of different houses in there you know there might have been three and now there's eight um they are the critical things for us because your collector relies on that on their tablet they rely on their workload being correct to where you're sending them to so uh, what we did find is that we went out and we do an activity where we have people enumerate and what that is is they're looking and saying yes there is one house here yes that is the address but what we do know in the North Island um, and in sort of some of those more remote areas is that uh, some people will be living in garages, some people will be living in sheds, on properties. So you might actually have, you know, three, four families living in one place. So that's... How long will it take to collect all the information and make it available to government? Mm, ah, right. So uh, what we... 2018 showed us that... Um, whilst we didn't do as well as we could have, uh, we the processing of that information uh, took too long. So we should be, for, as an example, we're doing a dress rehearsal at the moment. 
uh, we're gathering information and we're um, out in the communities and we will bring all that information back and then we will process that. Now the processing of that information has been scheduled uh, for August. So it'll be processed in August. That's actually too long. That's out of date by the time we get to there. So it's really critical that that information gets gathered. So we pull out of the field. Um, so we're in on the 14th of February. Our last day in the field is around the 7th of April. And then we basically shut everything down. Everything gets closed down. And then uh, all of that information starts getting processed. And so it's really critical for us to make sure that that time frame is done really quickly because you know it's timely, it's needed, and it's really critical we don't leave it. Um, we've got a lot of, we're under a lot of pressure at the moment from uh, different um, iwi and ropu who have said, you know, we want the information in a timely manner. We want it, you know, we don't want to be sitting here waiting for two years. Like that's too long for us. Um, and so the key for us is to make sure that we are doing that in a timely manner, but it does take time because of course you've got to go through that whole processing piece. So uh, sometimes it can take anywhere between nine months to 12 months to get it all processed because it's so much information. And sometimes what we find too is when people fill the form out, um, it's not always clear. So uh, you will have, you know, everyone's writing's different and, and the ICS can only extract so much. So you might get a form that you've done and then there's partial completes and not, you know, not full completes. So we have to make, we have to account for that. Um, and then sort of how we, we get all that information out in a timely manner. To not only just, if you're thinking about the political piece, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure at the moment from uh, Iwi and Rupu saying, well, we want to know, we want to know who, who, who we actually have here. So um, when you have a Pacifica culture, a lot of them will congregate and they'll be really connected and they're quite um, localised in certain areas. What we do know with Māori is they're very spread out. Um, so... We talk about um, Napui, which is at the top of the uh, North Island, being one of the biggest iwis and rupus. Uh, do we know that? We're not sure. So that's the stuff we need to know, and this information supports that to be able to provide um, a, an overview of actually where all your people are as well. So we have a large, dedicated comms and engagement team, and their role is get it out there. We've got an absolutely beautiful campaign this year. So last year it was, uh, not last year, 2018, it was very bland. It was very kind of, you know, the orange dot, do your census. This year it is spectacular. We have, um, we have used every colour we possibly could to make sure that people uh, were here, where, you know, we've got um, shirts, we've got all of this um, like um, activities that happen in the community so we do a whole lot of driving around it so we do these things called um, ACE events and what that means is we get a big group of us and then we'll go into the community and we do like a give back piece so we might give things away just to um, get people interested um, and get them on board so yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you. You've been listening to Paula O'Neill the National Operations Manager for the 2023 Census, giving a talk at the Canterbury Workers Educational Association.